Hey, what's up? You found us. This is the Taylor's College Podcast. We are a ministry of Taylor's First Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. You can also find us on Instagram at Taylor's CLG. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's listen in. And um, Colossians chapter 3 has been kind of the, the theme chapter of this entire series on relationships. And tonight uh, is professional relationships. And so there's a lot of things that go into professional relationships. And we're just going to kind of splatter paint a little bit tonight. Um, we're just going to take a, a, a gander, if you will, at a couple different angles on how to have an appropriate faith-based professional relationship. And this is something that is very intentional, something that we can't get away from in our lives. All of you will hold jobs at some point in your life, uh, hopefully. Um, That would be great. And Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through 24 is kind of where we're going to focus at tonight. But understanding that as Paul's writing this to the church of Colossae, he had never met these people, uh, but he was writing to encourage this church. And he is writing in a way that says, look, kind of keep up what you're doing. And he talks about the things that they are struggling with of how to uh, kind of fight against that and how to wage war against the things they're struggling with and wanting to kind of be drained in the faith and be kind of broken down. But then also in chapter three, what he begins is, or chapter two, rather, to kind of towards uh, the beginning, toward being alive in Christ and how no one can disqualify you or don't let anybody disqualify you. And then in chapter three, putting on the new self. And that is through the spirit of Jesus Christ. So if you've got your Bibles, we're in uh, Colossians chapter three. And let's just read in verse 22 uh, and following. It says, bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartedly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there's no partiality. And it goes on in four, chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day, and I just ask a blessing on the reading and the teaching of your word. God, be glorified here tonight, God, as we preach and listen uh, to your word, and also as we worship here in just a few minutes. God, be glorified here. Speak through me. May these be your words and not my own. Fathers, everybody in this room leaves this room to go back to a university setting, to go back to a vocational job, full-time, part-time, whatever it is. Father, would we take something from here tonight and apply it to our lives for your glory? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So in professional relationships, there's kind of three avenues of working with, as I mentioned a little bit ago. You have your superior, which is your boss you're gonna be talking to. If you're self-employed, Great, you've got that one checked off. So you are your own boss. You have to answer to yourself, which can be more scary sometimes than having to answer to somebody. You have your coworkers, people that you're working with on a routine basis, and your peers that are kind of, quote, the same level as you. And then you also have subordinates, people who are working under you or for you in a job setting. And so at some point in your careers, you guys are going to be in one of those three settings, right? You're going to be working for somebody just about always. If you're working for yourself, you're working for the tax man when it comes down to it, right? if you talk, look at it that way. But understanding there's a lot of things that go on in, in the workplace, in secular workplaces, but also in faith-based workplaces as well. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of ugly that happens in workplaces. How many of you have a job currently right now? Anybody? Okay, four of you have a job in here. No, I'm just kidding. Like a lot of you have jobs in here. That's great. 
How many of you have ever been frustrated with your jobs in the past week? Since Monday. Anybody since Monday? Anybody? How about today? Anybody get frustrated with their job today? If you work for Taylor's, please put your hand down. Okay. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's easy to get frustrated sometimes, right? Especially in all environments, right? It's easy to get frustrated with people at your job. It's easy to get frustrated with customers at your job, right? It, it can be very easy to be frustrated and to feel like your plans are kind of thwarted in different ways. And so as we talk about this, kind of keeping at the forefront the things that we are accountable for. As we were in staff meeting this week, Pastor Josh um, said something that just kind of really hit home to me. And, you know, if you're studying the scripture, everything that we do can be an act of worship. But something that he said is that you're not here simply to maintain what's in front of you. And it's like that kind of mindset of understanding. I'm not here. Just chew on that for a second. I'm not here to maintain just what's in front of me. Meaning like whatever's happening now in your job, you're not here just to kind of hold the steady, hold the reins in from just right where it's at. Just about all of you who work for somebody, they would like, your boss would like for you to give it your best, right? To give it your all, to advance your position, but also to advance your company, right? So your company grows, your company makes money, whatever, maybe if you're in an education setting, you want to give it your best, why? Because you want to pour yourself, yourself out into kids, into students, into musicians, into whatever it is, so that they can see to be their best, so that they can learn, that they can grow, they can fill in the blank. Whatever it is for you and your occupation that you're choosing, you, I would hope your desire is to be your best at whatever that is. And understand that everything we do can be an act of worship. And we're not here simply to maintain just what's in front of us. Honoring Christ with our heart, with our work, and most importantly sometimes, honoring Christ with our behavior. That can be very difficult at times, especially when we get caught up in the culture, quote, of work. You know what I mean when I say the culture of work? What do you think? Let me ask you, what do you think I mean when I say the culture of work? So you, you're living your life, but you're also caught up in the culture of work. That can look like a lot of different things. Give me some examples of what that can look like. Taking long breaks at the water fountain. Long breaks. All right. Anybody ever taken a long break? I'm calling all of your bosses tomorrow. That's it. That's it. I need them. Long breaks at the water fountain. What else? What else can you get caught up in the culture in? The other way around, like you're just grinding, and so like you're working so hard, like a workaholic, so you're mm. not really with your family and your friends, and you just kind of like go at the wayside and then get down the road and like, why did I do that? You know? mm. Hey, don't raise hands, but has anybody ever been affected by that on the other end of that, being a child of that too? You know what I'm saying? How's that make you feel, right? Because then when you start getting in a position, you're like, man, I got to work. I got to grind. I got to do this. But it, like you're saying, man, coming back to that full, full circle, just like, wait a minute. What's important? What else? What other cultures can you get caught up into at work? Complaining about your boss. Oh, man. Complaining about your boss. Absolutely. What else? Any other things? Yeah. Mm, absolutely. And that doesn't just go secular jobs. There's faith-based jobs where there's some potty mouths in churches too behind the scenes. I promise you. What else? Any other cultures that you get caught up in at work? Oh, man. Have you seen those people? Are you those people? I'm just kidding. Don't be that. Don't raise your hand. All uh, right. Have you seen those people who just like, oh, I just hate being here. I, well, you know, if so I worked in the trades for a while. 
running running operating equipment, uh, houses, cabinetry, carpentry, stuff like that. And you have those people like, hey, man, how you doing? Bop, just punching the clock. I'm just here for another day. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, better to be seen than viewed, I guess, you know? So, geez, glad you're here, man. Good to see you. It's easy for us to live, and I'm, man, I've, I've been caught up in this myself before, where we're living this Christian and godly life most of the week, but it's like during certain hours of work, even at work, like we feel like we're good. We're trying to be intentional with our lives. We're trying to be a difference maker, but it's easy to get caught up into some of the cultures at the water fountain to talk about, or when we're on break, or if we go to lunch together with some guys, you know, and they start talking about management and talking about these things. It can be, it can be easy to just get caught up into those cultures. And it's almost really weird for us not to say anything at all, right? Like you've got to chime in, you got to say something or so it seems, right? The enemy wants to twist and pull and push you in a way where you were contorted and that you were kind of put into this jigsaw puzzle, if you will, of conversation where you, you are uncomfortable. Maybe that's the spirit kind of reeling you in, but also you're not edifying the Lord with your conversation or simply allowing the conversations to go on in front of you. Colossians chapter three, verse one, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That is talking about you being a born-again new believer in Christ Jesus. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked. That's talking about B.C., your life before Christ, right? And it goes through this whole list of all these things to put off as believers. But understanding that we as Christians, we have this new mind that we don't always allow the Lord to tap for us or allow the Lord to tap into and give to us. I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of say this. We, we have this new mind, but do we use it? Is in other words, is what I'm saying. Of understanding, God, as a believer in Christ Jesus, you have given me the ability to see with your eyes and to love with your heart. Now, how do I do that in a professional context? I think one thing that goes to is what is your mission? What is your goal? What is your reason for that job? Is it to gain a paycheck? If it is, that's okay to make money in a job. Please don't hear that, that, hey, you should go work and just kind of expect nothing to happen. No, I want you all to make some money in your jobs. And I think it's in Ephesians, it talks about that a laborer is due, or First Timothy, a laborer is due his wages But looking at this and understanding that God has given you the ability to do what you desire to do or maybe just to carry out the job that you're in currently for his glory, for his purpose. I don't know how deep the conversations are at your job place. And if I could be honest with you, in the trades, I can't speak to any other things outside of trade industry and not like day trading, but like the trades, but then also like the religious context of church In the trade industry, it is difficult to kind of get through the layers of guys and ladies in the industry of just trying to really get to know them. It takes time. You have to value that time and be intentional. Well, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, You know, when they tell you that their mom's not doing good, so they're going to travel down to Columbia to go see her, be with her, ask about that on Monday. You know what I'm saying? Like, be intentional with that. But also as someone who is intentional with 
the relationship with their boss, with their peers, and their subordinates. If you're taking notes, I'm going to fly through those three areas real quick. And, and these are some practical things that you can have really good key relationships with your superior or your boss at this point. Let's start here with the boss. Christians, and I got some of this info from gotquestions.org. It's such a good, good website to go to. If you have questions about the faith or questions about just Christian life, this is a really great website to go to, gotquestions.org. I love using their stuff because it's very, very solid. Christians should treat their bosses in such a way that would not, man, this is powerful. Christians should treat their bosses in such a way that would not prevent them from sharing Christ with their bosses if the opportunity arises. That means your work ethic to share Christ with your boss should not get in the way if the opportunity arises. How you work, what you say, how you react, how you respond, that is key. Because if the Lord opens up a door for you to share Christ with your boss, take the opportunity. Or do you work in a way that they would never even ask? If the opportunity arises, take it. When we do everything with an eternal purpose in mind, we have wisdom in sticky situations and never have to fear that we have brought reproach to the name of Christ. That means we live with the mindset that God's reputation is on the line and I want to honor him with my life. When we keep in mind that everything we do can be an act of worship, like 1 Corinthians 10 talks to, we will relate to supervisors in the workplace in a way that represents Christ Jesus very well. We can show respect to our bosses, even if they are not respectable. That is very difficult to do, but as something as a believer in Christ Jesus, you are not called to change that person. You're called to live with purpose. And as for me, my purpose is to live for the Lord Christ Jesus and to be intentional with my life now and not change who you are. I know who I am in Christ. I want to live in a way that my actions and deeds rub off to that. It doesn't mean you don't share the gospel though. We have to be intentional with still using what we tell Zeke, use your words. When he gets mad, when he gets upset and he starts just getting into T-Rex mode, what we call it, you know, you heard him tonight just running around yelling at everybody. Use your words, Zeke. Use your words, right? With the gospel, use your words. Also, you can give honor even when your bosses are not very honorable. That's hard to do, but very much being obedient to the Lord and to your earthly boss. We can obey commands even when they seem unfair. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before in a workplace where one thing, one employee got to do one thing and another employee did not. It felt unfair, right? Still being obedient, but in a way that's not submissive to the point where it is something that is negative or something that is unrighteous or something that is illegal, obviously. And of course, I love this piece too. We can, we can appeal decisions that we believe are wrong, but we can do so while conveying integrity and respect. So let me just say that again. Understanding that you can disagree with your boss without spouting off and yelling at your boss or having just a quick temper and loud mouth at your boss. Now, I know many, if not all of you in here decently enough to where I don't think you all would just have a hot temper and just like lay into your boss like that. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that's y'all's persona, right? But understanding as you mature, as you grow, just for example, how many of you in here are 20? Is anybody here 20 years old? Okay, so, wow, more of y'all than I thought. That's great. So at 20 years old, I was getting ready to uh, graduate college. And at 23, that's just three years down the road from 20, right? I had my first kid. And so my actions, my responses at 20 were different than 23. You know why? 
because I had the same amount of sleep, but I was more tired at 23 than I was at 20, right? So different life stages happen throughout your life, throughout your years that will cause you to respond and react differently. So when I say that now to you that, hey, look, right now at this point, you may not respond that way, right? But as the years go on, sleep deprivation happens due to jobs or getting a master's degree or whatever it may be. And then that can actually make you respond in different ways too. So just, just keep that in mind just to, hey, as I go, am I rooting myself in Christ in every situation that I can to honor the Lord and give them more of the Lord and less of me each day at my job? Okay, so let's talk about peers and side-to-side relationships, being driven by the Father's love to love on them. So you're honoring your boss, but you're also honoring the peers that are around you. When we are mindful of the depths of our own sin and the magnitude of God's grace to us, we can be ready to forgive and reconcile with others. That is something I put in this piece very intentionally. I'll read that again. When we are mindful of the depths, think about this. When we are mindful of the depths of our own sin and the magnitude of God's grace to us, we can be ready to forgive and reconcile with others. And there's some scripture verses there of Matthew 6, 12 but also Ephesians 4.32. And if you want my notes after this, you're welcome to come get it. The reason why I put that there is you're going to have disagreements with your boss at times. But chances are you're likely going to have more disagreements with those that are on the level playing field that you are. At the level that you are in your business, wherever you're at, wherever it looks like, if, if you are a manager, you may have more issues with managers. I don't know what it all looks like for you in your context, right? But understanding the disagreements you may have with them can be very much more short-spouted. It can be a little bit more more, kind of feisty, if you will, because you wouldn't say this to your boss because he's your boss, right? You can get demerits, you can get a pay cut, you can get get fired, you know, whatever. But with an employee, you know, a peer-to-peer relationship, man, you could it's a little bit easier to spout off or to talk bad about the boss or to talk bad about the decision the company made or whatever it may be. So just being above reproach with that piece and understanding that the root of my decisions of speaking highly about situations or to speak intently on situations when I don't agree with them and the stance is giving here, this is why I believe this. Understanding that I want to have integrity with my job, with my life, because of what Christ has done for me. Guys, these sound like cliches to bring this all full circle, but man, understanding that when we can operate daily out of knowing that my sin was so deep, my sin was so gross, so bad, so wicked, and Christ and his magnitude and ability and glory saved me from myself, that gives us the reason to live tomorrow, to try and do it differently tomorrow than I did today? What's one more thing I could do differently to point people to Christ than I could than I did today? And understanding that, being intentional with that, and trying your best. Walk, I love this, Ephesians 5, walk in love. It's another prime example. Walk in love. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Walk in love. Imitate God's holiness in all conduct. Be known as one who embodies the following. Here's just a couple things. Self-control, disciplined, dependable, and who's a peacemaker or problem solver. Are you a peacekeeper or peacemaker? Those are two different things. Just keep the peace, make sure nobody kind of loses their head, loses their mind, or are you going to make peace and kind of step in on certain situations, step in on certain conversations, even if it may cost you 
right? A little bit of reputation where people may think earthly reputations drop down, but man, in the eyes of the Lord, you stepped in on a mighty way or a good way to say, hey, is that, should we really be talking about that? Now, what do you know, right? And those conferences can go from there. Be intent, be intentional and with the intent of honoring the Lord with what you do with your job, with your boss, but also in peer-to-peer relationships as well. Now let's talk about subordinates. If you're ever in a position of management or if you're a boss or you know, if you're an entrepreneur, or, you know, you got your own business, you got people working for you. Uh, here's just a couple quick points kind of just to think about as being a believer and having professional relationships. Uh, exercise patience. Don't insult, slander, or overly criticize on mistakes. A godly leader will not lose sight of their godly leader. Understanding, too, a good leader is a good learner. Learn from those who work for you. Be generous. Be generous with, and this, this goes with all relationships, you guys. Be generous with affirmations. Be generous with encouragements. Be generous in championing new ideas. And be generous with the thank yous. Understanding that. And be a servant, not a lord. Right When I do uh, work in the trades or I do stuff around here, uh, here at church even, uh, I, I'm the first one to do the job first before I ask someone else to do it. Right? I had an old guy tell me a long time ago, don't be afraid to grab the post hole diggers first, dig the first hole before you ask everybody else to do that. Be intentional, be a servant leader, but don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, whether that's legitimately dirty in the field or if it's actually having to go and do some stuff for work that instead of just asking and delegating how to do, showing that, hey, look, I'm a team player too. I'm part of this. I want to see this succeed for us, not for me. And understanding that. I'll close out with this with a couple things. If you're reading the scriptures in Colossians 3, it says the Lord several times over. And the passage could be six to nine times, depending on your translation. And understanding, too, that there's kind of this model that we're seeing here. Uh, what we do, it says in verse 23, whatever you do, right? So if you're taking notes, there's a three kind of components that you should kind of pay attention to in this passage specifically, what we do, do it as unto the Lord. So we do it wholeheartedly. So verse 23, what we do, I underline that piece in my Bible. So whatever work that comes our way, whatever it is that we do, underline the next please. we do it wholeheartedly. Kind of a no strings attached for the Lord. This isn't something we're just going to do it with, as the scripture says uh, in verse 22, by way of eye service. That's just kind of like, meh. I'll do it, but I'm just going to do this much, right? Uh, you know, I could call several of you out here that I know of that work in jobs and just ask you, like, what was, if somebody in your job just went this much, would you notice it from somebody that went full, you know, full scale? For example, for those of you that are athletes or those of you that play instruments, uh, when you have summer workouts, so to speak, and you know you've got the fall coming, right, and you've got tryouts, can you tell who worked out over the summer or who practiced over the summer versus who didn't when they come back? Absolutely, right? Some of you have done that where you did not practice all summer. And when you came back in the fall, you're, you know, just trying, you're dying over here, right? Trying to figure this stuff out. So being intentional with that, with what, whatever we do, whatever God puts in our place to work, do it wholeheartedly. Do it all the way, full scale. And why do we do it? We do it, what's the rest of that verse says in verse 23? Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Understanding this guy, this lady, my boss, may be my earthly boss, but I'm not working directly for them per se. And you've heard this. I'm working as unto the Lord and being intentional with that. Understanding, too, that you can be a culture shaper with that. I don't know where you guys are working at now, what you're doing, but you can 
change the culture that is around you at your workplace by beginning to be a difference maker for the Lord first and then starting to share with your lips the gospel of Jesus Christ and asking people intentionally, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for over the weekend? Any big plans? Travel anywhere? Just asking questions and being an active listener, not a passive observer, right? Taking note on what's happening around you and being intentional to speak into what's happening around you because it affects you and it definitely affects them. You never know that you may share the gospel with somebody at work and somebody's child may come to know Jesus through you sharing the gospel at work with that man or that woman. You never know. You'd never know the lasting impacts that you can have just by being intentional with your life and what you're doing. I'm reading a book right now called The Wisdom Pyramid. There's a quote and it says, the greatest means for social and cultural change is through spiritual transformation through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Understanding social and cultural change can and will happen, but it requires you to lace up your boots and to open your mouth and get to work. Let's pray. Lord, thank Hey, this is Alex Smith, the college minister at Taylor's First Baptist Church, and someone has to hush that guy up at some point. So that draws us to the end of this episode. Hopefully you can join us for the next one. Hopefully this was encouraging to you, and may God bless you as you go this week. Make his name great. We'll see you next time.